day 200. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to convince you or show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. Yo, just a quick thing, man, as I thought about this being day 200, yeah, right? Um, yeah, shout out to all the folks that had started from day one and have mm-hmm. been in this joint yes. for 200 straight days, right? That's a feat. That's not anything to scoff at. That's mm-hmm. important. Absolutely. Um, with 200 days in right now, and just for perspective, uh, here's what that means, all right? There's only going to be like 305 total days of reading, right? Wow, so wow. we're literally two-thirds of the way done. Yeah. But we still have about 40 more days in the Old Testament, right? Mm. So it's going to be this this type of thing, right? Just for perspective as well, we're only going to spend two months in the New Testament, right? So just think. Yeah. Think about that, yo. Yeah. It's a, we're going through the Bible in a year. Mm. And when you go in order reading the same amount, mm-hmm. right? Proportionally, 10 months Mm. in the Old Testament, two months in the New, right? So there's so much richness that a lot of us uh, miss out on. So, yeah, um, one of the thoughts that I had, man, as we get to the end, like, if you're vaccinated and in Atlanta, we need to have a pizza party. Now, you remember being in school and you get done with the year and you got the pizza pizza party at the end of the year? Yeah, Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, though. We got to set that up. Oh, yeah. Something like that would be good to celebrate, <laughs> no. man. This this has been a great journey. And like you said, bro, the Old Testament is so much longer than I thought. I know. I know it was long. Right? But then it's like, oh, no, no, no. You long, That's long. long, right? Long, right, long. Right, right. Yeah. But it's been so good, man. I've, like I shared with you offline, I've learned a ton yeah. just from doing this podcast. And uh, yeah, we're in the longest book still, Jeremiah chapter 29. And we come to this like kind of famous section, bro. Like a lot of these verses are kind of familiar. Mm. Even if you ain't really read Jeremiah like that. You kind of know some of this stuff. So he'll say, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says to all the exiles I deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Find wives for yourselves and have sons and daughters. Find wives uh, for your sons and give your daughters to men in marriage so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Pursue the well-being of the city I have deported you to. Right. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. Mm. When it thrives, you will thrive. I love this because, man, this is like a, and I yeah, use this word carefully, like a proof text mm. for, yeah, seeking. Christians should be those that seek the common good. Mm-hmm. No matter where they are, right. no matter what kind of right. country or nation they live under, they are those who are strangers and exiles, right. Peter, First Peter will say, yeah. but they are to seek the common good. And they should contribute to society. Right. Right. Like we don't just live in our Christian bubbles and read our Bibles. Yeah. That's fine. That's good. But we have to contribute to the world. Right. Being a better place. Because as the world thrives, we thrive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. God's basically going to be like, yo, fam, settle in. This is not going to be quick. This ain't going to be short, bro. We just got a renovation done on our kitchen in our house right so yeah at the beginning the contract is like yo man it's gonna be a few weeks tops right oh yeah <laughs> so we stay with jasmine for a bit yeah uh then we went to airbnb 
and and in the Airbnb, I'm like, yo, man, the contractors say it's it's just gonna be a, a bit, right? Yo, it's gonna be a few weeks. So it's like I'm living out of my suitcase because it's like, man, at any day we could go I home, could right? Back. I'm not unpacking yeah. joints, not on the hangers, not in the drawers, like. But then the timeline goes on and on and on, mm. and it's like, oh, we was actually out for a few months. I probably should have settled in. Yeah, and God's saying, listen. The prophets are lying to y'all when they say y'all can live out of your suitcase. God's saying, (laughs) settle in. Like, have kids, right? Don't just have kids, but then he's going to go on. Not, don't just order takeout each day. (laughs) Plant gardens. Grow your own food. It's going to be a minute. Yeah. Right? 70 years. Yeah. 70 years. Bro, but what I love about this is like God saying, it's going to be a minute. But it's not going to be forever, right? Mm-hmm. Like God's present punishments do not erase or replace his future promises, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I saw in all this. Yo, God can be frustrated with his people, but just because God's frustrated with us, it doesn't mean that he's finished with us. There's mm-hmm. still a plan to restore. And that's yeah, the kind of theme and the ethos that we get through these four chapters yeah for i know the plans i have for you right that verse it's not saying that yo god want me to be <laughs> the greatest musician of all he know the plans <laughs> right. right to prosper me all this kind of stuff he's talking to his people like yep. you said that are going to come through right exile they have a future past exile this type of death and so 30 through 33 is this book of like consolation right right so he's just gonna provide all of these promises he's gonna lay the promises on thick and uh yeah, man, like God is going to use that phrase for the days are coming, for the days are coming. And this is pointing to, yeah, after exile, but it's also pointing to, as we know, the coming of Christ right. Right? and the work of Christ. And Christ is going to do all of these things um, for the people of God. And you see that when he talks about, yeah, David will be their king, right? Yeah. And he will, uh, whom I will raise up for them. And we know that, yeah, David is not, he's, David's dead, right? right. As Peter will say in Acts yeah. 2, like, David's still dead. Who was he talking about? Mm. He's talking about the son of David, mm. Jesus Christ, who's going to make, yeah, these these people, um, yeah, new. So. Love it. Bro, man, one of the phrases that we see throughout this book time and time again, right, yeah, yeah is... This is the Lord's declaration. Yeah. This is the Lord's declaration. This is the Lord's declaration. And man, this point could have been brought out in any other section. Right. I but I really felt like gripped by it at this time mm. when God's saying, No, listen, I'm gonna discipline you, but my discipline is not going to destroy you. Yeah. Right. God talks a, a, about in 31, this restoration that he's going to bring. And the restoration, he says, it's going to be better than what y'all lost, Mm. right? And he he just said, like, this is the Lord's declaration. I think it's repeated throughout the pages of this this book so that you know that God is speaking and God's words are certain, yo. Like, it should remind us of Genesis 1, and there's going to be a phrase that we talked about creation and how the world was made it should remind us of genesis 1 where it doesn't just say like in the first chapter of the bible and god said mm-hmm. let there be light let there be land blah, blah, blah. it says and god said let there be light and god said let there be land and god said let let there be sea so it's constantly going to draw 
our attention to the correlation between God's words and something actually um, transpiring. And what I love uh, 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 about all of that is like, God just continues to remind them, now listen, if I say that I'm going to discipline you, you don't want me to change up. Because if I change up and I go back on my word there, then you don't have anything to hold on to mm-hmm. when I give you these words of promises. So it's actually for mm-hmm. your benefit that I don't change up, that I come through on the words that I've said yeah. in the discipline, because then I'm going to be able to come through or you know that I'm going to come through mm-hmm. in the words of delight in a future promise. And this is what leads God to saying, no, listen, in the future, the people are going to be rejoicing once they see yeah, all of the absolutely. good stuff yeah. that I'm going to do and the good stuff is really mm. uh, captured mm. in this concept of the new covenant. Yeah. 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 And the new covenant is, uh, so basically 31, 31, yep. and 34. So yeah. those like three verses, he's going to give this best picture of the new covenant. I'm not going to read it because it's a lot, but um, the old, the New Testament is going to quote this passage right. more than any other passage mm. when it comes to the new covenant. This is the right. longest passage yeah. that they will expound upon and point to and say, no, this is what Jesus did. Right. And man, one of the things that I loved is the fact that he says this is to Israel and the house of Judah. Right. They were split in this mm. time. And so what God is saying is, no, I'm going to take my people who were split right. and they're going to be one. Right? Yeah. They're going to be united. They're going to have new hearts. This Their sin will be forgiven. Um, and just like God said, you know, I wrote my law on stones in the Exodus. Now I'm going to write it on their heart. So what God does, yeah. he enables what he expects. Mm. So God, in, God expects obedience. He expects righteousness from his people. And he gave it to them in the law. And he gave it to them in the law. But he's like, no, no, no. I have to enable them to carry yeah. this out. And my work is going to do that and change in their hearts. Yeah, as I heard the compare and contrast, do you remember in... Highlights magazines, or so I mean, back when we were young, uh, <laughs> the newspaper would come to our house and we would get the comic section, and there would be this one part where it would be these two pictures side by side, and they looked like they were the same, mm-hmm. but they would say, There's differences in between these two. Can you spot which one is? Oh, yeah, yeah, and you'd be <laughs> like, Oh, this dog has four teeth and this dog has three teeth. Yeah. This is what God does. He puts them side side by side and says, Yo, I gave you an old covenant, right. but the new one's gonna be better. And then mm-hmm. he just goes on and says, Yo, this is the differences, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like you said, I'm going to enable what I expect. Yeah. I'm I'm not just gonna write it on tablets of stone that can be broken when somebody gets mad and you've got to go back up and get a replacement. Yeah. God's like, I'm going to write it on everybody's heart. What's the good thing is, bro, like one of the things you see is that Moses breaks those tablets and that kind of prefigures what Israel's going to do in breaking the covenant. Right, yeah. But nobody can reach in their chest <laughs> and right. break their heart apart, right? right? Yeah. And so yeah. God is going to make it so not even we right. ourselves mm. can reverse this covenant. 32 comes, bro. Mm. Last chapter here. Yeah. Prophetic sign acts. Right. So Jeremiah is going to purchase this land. And now this is before he even goes into exile. Right. He purchases this land. And it seems kind of like weird and out of place, but it's perfect for the context. Right. Because Jeremiah purchases his land and he does 
uh, essentially symbolically what God essentially is going to do. Right. So God is like, yo, they're going to destroy this, yeah. burn it down, take your temple and all that. But Jeremiah purchasing this little piece of field yeah. here signifies what I'm going to do in redemption. Mm. Right. I'm going to pay right. for you guys to have this land back. Yeah. And I'm going to rebuild it from the ground up. Mm. So we see that the kingdom of God, like I think Graham Goldsworthy would define yeah. it. It's God's, God's people under God's yes. power yeah. and God's place. Mm. So place matters. Right. Right. And we get to the new covenant and the new Testament will expound. God's place is the earth. Mm. God created this earth. He yeah. created us to be on it. He's not going to just burn it up and send it away. Right. He's going to renew it. Renew He's going to redo it. And us his children will be here and we will live here yep. forever. And if we've ever been disciplined yeah. by God uh, and he's come through on that word, as hard as it is for him, right? Um, we can be confident that God is eager to come through on this better word that he's spoken in redemption. Amen. Yeah. Father, we pray uh, that we would put our trust in you, that we would never think that um, your frustration with us is a sign of the fact that you're finished with us, God. Uh, would you remind us that um, you have a love that endures, you have a love that repairs, you have a love that restores, you have a love that redeems. Help us to live inside of that love today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.